Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I want to continue on this morning where I uh, started last week. It's just an area I really feel like God has stirred in me uh, to, to talk about. And this is something I believe every one of us, whether it's ourselves personally, a family member, a neighbor, a relative, we know people who are touched uh, by just the enemy coming after you and in various ways. And so last week, I uh, started about just talking about understanding the strategies of the enemy, understanding uh, what he's up to and his attempt to try to destroy us, really, steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, I... I want to continue this morning, and, and I know that some of the things uh, that, that I say, uh, well, first of all, let me say this. I know the things that God has given me to say this morning, I, I, I really believe that they're on his heart, and it's important to talk about these things because um, so, some of them can be uh, things that people say, well, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what to say when, about this when this happens. Or we, it's better if we don't talk about it. Or if it's better if I don't want anybody to know about things that I'm challenged with, whatever it may be. But I believe that as a family of God, these are this is part of understanding the enemy's plot to come after us. And one of the things he likes to do is silence us. He, he likes to tell us that 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 we're you know, less valued or, or we are, um, there's something wrong with us or there's something, you know, oh, God isn't who he said he is if you, if you talk about these things or if, you know, the, his, his whole process is to, to shut us down, to shut us up and to keep us from talking about things. And, and one of the things is really talking about his strategies to try to come after us. And we talked about that a little last week in the scripture we covered in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verse 8, in the first part of 9, I was just going to kind of review just real quick that, but it was stay alert because the enemy, the devil, he is considered our greatest threat, right? Our greatest enemy. He goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. So he's not just sitting somewhere with his arms folded just saying, I'll just wait and whatever happens, happens. No, he's actively coming after us. So we need to recognize that and what it is. So he, 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 he's looking for someone to devour, but Scripture goes on to say, stand firm, though. Stand firm. Don't allow him to take you out. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Because it takes our faith to get through some of these things. So our faith needs to be strengthened. And we definitely have a, a definite advantage over the enemy, amen, because of we have this great tool called his word, the Bible. And it's a great instrument to go after the enemy and his tactics. And so we use those, we grab a hold of those things, and it's a key to victory, his word. And the enemy wants to keep our Bible shut. He wants to keep our Bible apps off, all of those things. He'll do whatever he can to get that thing put aside because he knows that's a key for us for victory in our life Amen. and because God has placed it there so we can take authority over darkness. Lord, I just pray right now. Lord, I just pray for every person here 
I know there's, each one of us can think of things, situations in our own lives or those around us that, that are a challenge where we know the enemy has come in and is attacked. And Lord, today we, we are taking back territory that the enemy has stolen. It doesn't belong to him. It belongs to you. It belongs to us. God, and so we, we are a victorious people. We declare it. We, we thank you, God, that you have given us your word and clarity in your word over every situation. We have a power and authority over the enemy that you have given us, and we thank you for that, God, and we pray that we apply that to our lives even as we speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. Several years ago, um, when our kids were young, uh, and my wife and I were just we're figuring out life, right? You're figuring out how to do life, and you've got these little kids, and you're, everything's coming at you from different directions. And we found ourselves in this place where my wife, there was something going on with her, and she didn't know what was happening. And long story short, in that sense is, so we discovered that she was right in the midst of going through clinical depression, and it hit uh, subtly, but, you know, that's how the enemy does things. It kind of starts off, and it would continue to get worse and worse. And when she discovered it, it we were talking about it, I said, honey, maybe you need to go, you know, we pray, pray, pray. We, you know, those are things we do. We take authority of those things. But I said, you know what, maybe go, we were reading through some stuff, maybe go to see the doctor and kind of see. Well, the doctor says when she comes home, hey, the doctor said, I have clinical depression. That can't be right. Right? I'm not depressed. I, that's not who I am. I'm a child of the king. But the reality of the enemy does a pretty good job of training to come deceive and, and bring things against us. And we begin to take authority knowing those things and getting some help. And there was some temporary medication need to come into play. And I'm not against these things because it's like, okay, God, help, help us walk through this thing, okay? We got to figure this thing out. And we, could, we knew God was with us and through it. And, and at, at some point in her life, we hit this place where all of a sudden, God supernaturally healed her. She woke up one morning, was getting ready for church, I believe, looking in the mirror, and she saw a different person. She's like, I don't know where, you know, something happened. And, and God healed her. And we say, praise the Lord. We say, praise the Lord. But the reality is, we all go through things like that, but we, the enemy loves to do things like that to, to shut us down. And I'm going to give a couple of things today that are just real-life things that I've, I've recently experienced. And I, I just believe that God wants to come to us and say, first of all, he's for us. He's not against us. He loves us. He has a great plan for our life. And the enemy's a loser. He's a liar. He's a liar. He, he, he's not a winner. He may win these little battles from time to time. It may look like that. But in the end, he is a defeated foe. He, he will not be victorious. We are victorious in Christ. Amen? Mark 16, 17, and 18 Jesus says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes. 
with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be he- all will be healed. Now, I'm not here to say, hey, go ahead, grab a snake, go ahead and drink something poisonous. No, I'm not telling you that. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking about saying, hey, these are things, the reality is with the power of the Holy Spirit, and these things are all possible. These things you can do, and I'm not going to allow things to harm you. We have to be wise in decisions. We, we just don't go out and test, well, the Lord, you know, why, why did you drink that poison? Well, because the Bible says it wouldn't hurt me. Well, no, we have to use wisdom, right, in things we do, but it's given us a demonstration of the power yeah. that we have. And so we know that the enemy, when there's truth being spoken in the word of God, the enemy loves to rise up against truth. And understand, too, that, that Satan needs a whole host of little demons to get his work done, because he's not omnipresent. He, he's not like God. He can't be everywhere all at once at the same time. He, he's not that. He's got to send all these things, little demonic things going all the time. And so the Holy Spirit only needs one spirit. And that spirit is active in our lives constantly. But the enemy loves to come and try different directions to try to attack. But we have to understand that we are children of the king. So knowing if the Holy Spirit has set up residence in us, it, it's, it makes it harder for the enemy to come in and, and attack us. It's like um, if you had bars on your windows at home and there's you know burglars that come by or whatever, they're going to be <clears throat> less apt to try to make an attack on that home. And it reminds me of several years ago when we were taking a trip to Arizona to see my sister and her family and uh, those that know me, especially my family, when I load up the car and we get driving, we're driving and we're not stopping. <laughs> we drove from here to Las Vegas in one day. And if you've ever done that, it's a trip, especially with four little kids. Um, and it was probably not the best decision I ever made in my life. But anyway, we roll into Las Vegas and it's completely filled up. I mean, there's conventions going, all the hotels are all booked up. And so, because I'm saying, oh, we'll roll in there. And we'll, we'll be fine. Well, we're driving around. It's getting close to, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning or something because we've been driving everywhere. This is back before electronic devices and checking and finding things. And so we ended up on the outskirts of town, and we pull up to this motel, and it has bars on the windows. <laughs> that should be an indicator. And I think my wife was like, I don't think it's a good idea, Steve. And it, and it was kind of this thing that was a rent by the hour, and it was all the... It was not. It was shady. And I said, well, there's bars on the window. It's probably going to be fairly safe, right? We <laughs> well, we were tired. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. We roll in there. We get a room. And uh, we, we spend the night there. But we were out there pretty quick, weren't we? My wife said, not doing that again. Not going to do that again. Yeah, she told the kids not to touch anything. Just lay there and don't move. And, uh, but, there's <laughs> but we have that extra protection with the Holy Spirit against the enemy. And uh, it, it, you know, if he, if he comes around, and he does, then we have the authority to tell him, uh-uh, you're not coming in my house. You're not welcome here. You're not allowed here. Here's the other deal, though. But if we leave that door open a little bit while we're sleeping, in a sense, it gives a little greater opportunity for the enemy to come. They come in, and he's like, oh, there's a door cracked open a little bit. I think I'll just kind of sneak in and see, see if I can do something. How does that happen? It can simply happen for reasons of, let's just say, 
that you're surfing on the web on your computer and there's some little thing, pornography thing pops up and you just sort of like, eh, I'll just look, but, and then, okay, knowing, oh, I shouldn't do that, and you do, okay, you're kicking the door open a little bit. Or maybe it's unforgiveness. It could be simply unforgiveness. I'm not forgiving that person. And the, and the enemy will tell you, don't forgive them. That makes you weak if you forgive. That, that, that means you lose. That means that you don't, now you don't have control over that person. Whatever it is that you might be feeling, because the enemy loves to twist things and everything, but there's the door. It's kicked open a little bit. Could be anger. It could be something where we just kick that door open a little bit, and the enemy will come, and he'll say, I don't see this thing locked down. But when we're living our life in the Word, and we're uh, putting, putting the Holy Spirit in his rightful place and allowing him to be Lord over our life, it, it's a lot harder for the enemy to come in. But we need him because we're all human beings, right? We all sin. We all make bad decisions, make bad choices. But when we recognize that, we say, Lord, come and help me. Help me shore up this thing, shore up my life. So we have to be careful in that. And so what we do, we apply what happened at the cross. We apply that to our life and say, thank you, Lord, that you indeed have control over my life, and I want to give you control over my life. And I, I relinquish that, because sometimes we try to take that on and realize that the power of the devil was broken at the cross. It says that in Hebrews 2.14. It says that it was, the power of the devil was broken at the cross. But it doesn't mean that he stopped it there, in the sense of he's still actively today trying to trick you to believe that he has the power over your life when he doesn't. He doesn't. So understand you have the power and authority over the enemy. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. How many are new creations in Christ Jesus? Yeah, probably half of you. That's good. That's a good start. Amen. That's good. Salvation is instant. It's instantaneous. When we ask Christ to come in, he does. But the new creation, it's kind of a process we go through, Right? Every day there's something new. There's, we're tested in different areas. And there's also a process of being freed from things that maybe are old habits or things that when we got saved, there's stuff that we kind of did that we maybe are still sort of lingering around. And sometimes God just instantaneously takes those things and, and heals us. Most of the time, he allows us to go through a process. And, and it's for our benefit and for our good because it develops character and it develops strength and, our, and it develops trust and faith in God. Because those are the things. If he took care of everything every time, what would it take from us? We wouldn't have to have faith. We wouldn't have to trust. We wouldn't have to rely on him, but we must rely on him. And so this process of these residual things from our life, getting rid of those things, can happen various ways. One, just simply being that we have good teaching and we have uh, people that can speak into our life, whether it's a church, a Bible study, whatever it might be. And um, John 8... 32 talks about, and you shall know the truth, and the truth does what? It sets us free. So if we know the truth, we know what his word says, and we know it'll set us free from those things, that's a good start. Holy Spirit encounters just in our daily life when we're in our prayer time with him, and he just, we have an encounter with him where he just like, man, that felt good. Lord, thank you for taking care of that issue in my life. And he, he, you recognize, well, he delivered me from this. He will continue to deliver me from things ahead and what are, go what are going on, what's going on in my life. Amen. Man, there's also 
just the security that Jesus is our Savior, that, that's a lot of security right there knowing, you know what? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You are my Savior. You saved me from this mess. You delivered me from this mess. And the 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, right? Again, we have that greater power. We need to take advantage of that and use that. Paul says, put off the old man, put on the new man, okay? That's part of what we have to do in a sense. Sometimes daily we're doing that. In Luke chapter 5, verse 37 and 38, says this, and no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Jesus didn't come on the scene just to patch, do patchwork in your life. <laughs> he came to transform your life and to do a complete work, right? That was when he came to do that. And so in that pro- he didn't come to mix the old with the new. Well, I'm, when we get saved, well, maybe I'll bring this with me. What, maybe I'll bring that. No, he's saying, nope, the old things are passed away. All things become new. You don't mix those things. You're not trying to mix things because it doesn't work. And so <laughs> he, he wants to bring life to all of uh, those who trust him. He has a plan. I'm, he's bringing life to us, Amen. understanding that. And so there's a question we might ask then is, okay, what are some of the things that I can control in the sense of in my own strength, not withstanding the strength of, and the power of the Lord helping me, but there's things that we can do just changing our thought process on things, maybe making decisions differently than we were before. Some of those things that we can do, and we can do on our own, retraining our mind, creating new habit patterns, those kinds of things, and God helps us in then those things, but there's also some of the things, okay, that we recognize I need the divine intervention, the power of the Holy Spirit to take this thing from me. To, there, there's something that the enemy just keeps going after me, going after me, and, it, and it's more than I can do in myself. I can't do this. So we call on the Lord and we say, there's deliverance that I need from whatever this is. I, I need to be delivered from this thing and recognize that and allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And uh, a lot of times he uses other people that we trust in our life to help us with those kinds of things. So we need to kind of understand there's some things we should be able to do, you know, because we can't always blame the enemy for everything, you know, because we make choices, right? And, and, and it's easy to do that. So remember, we must be aware of the tactics of the enemy, but not be living in fear of him and his tactics, because that's that can be easy to do. Yesterday, we had some training here uh, in regards to things that you, you, you don't really even want to talk about sometimes because, like, if something bad happened in our community or in the church, okay, we have people we want to train them in case these things happen. Well, when you start thinking about them, your mind starts going, whoa, I'll have to do this, 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 and all of a sudden, you, you become a little bit fearful when you begin to recognize and say, there's more things going on possibly, and so we have to be careful, don't live in fear. We also understand that we're overcomers by the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. Remember, we're people that have a testimony. 
What did he do for you when you got saved? He transformed your life. Sometimes we have to go back to that place, but we're overcomers by the blood of Christ. I want to read a portion of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 19, and this is the English Standard Version that I'm reading. Starting in verse 19, but God, God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as wholly useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord, on the Lord for, from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolishness, ignorant converse, controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will." It's all interesting because we really are vessels who are set apart to do the master's will. That We are vessels of honor. That's what we're called to be, vessels of honor. But there are two kind of vessels mentioned here, vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. We obviously want to be those who are vessels of honor. No one is designed by God to be a vessel of dishonor. Not. None of us are. That's not what we've been made to be. We've been made and called and designed to be vessels of honor. And we need to understand that and, and live that. We must not allow ourselves to be contaminated with things around us that can come and the evil tactics of the enemy, he loves to come after him. Just, I was telling you, the, the, this is actual what happens. He comes after us. We need to recognize that because sometimes we throw up our little borders and pretend like he's not there. And it's like, well, he'll go away if I just close my eyes. It doesn't work that way. So I'm just telling you that he's out there. We need to recognize he's out there, and we need to know what to do when he's out there and how to get rid of him. It's not a fearful thing for us, but it should be a confident thing that we have the power and authority over the enemy through Christ Jesus. Amen? And he's given us that. We must daily cleanse ourselves for the master's use, something we daily do. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust, corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. 
Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, stop ste- quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Amen. Amen. Don't use foul or abusive language. I want to stop on this for a moment. For some reason, culture today in the church, I'm not saying this church, but I'm just saying in general, I'm hearing more and more people using foul language. And I think, where did that come from? What, is that something because, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, let's be careful that we don't allow culture to change what the word says. I've just stopped on my little soapbox for a moment because I'm hearing a lot of believers out around using words they shouldn't be using. And I think, and whether it's on Facebook or wherever, or just in general, I think that's not, that's not godly. That's not, so, okay, so don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. And here, guaranteeing, guaranteeing, there's a stamp, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. This is good. This is Bible stuff. It's good. We all have these things going on in our flesh. We deal with these things, but he's just coming out and saying, get rid of that stuff. Take on these good things. Be tenderhearted. Be kind, forgiving. Love people. Don't get mad at them. Don't be angry. Because we know it's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's not against the person you're sitting next to or, the, or your neighbor or you know, somebody in the grocery store. It's you know what? They might say something or do something. I hurt you. But the, you know what? It's the enemies trying to use people. It's, it's the spiritual things that are going on in the unseen world. Don't, don't retrace your path to the past. If you've been saved out of horrible stuff, you don't have to go back and, and, and try to live that out. There's youthful lusts that the Bible talks about. To stay away from those things. Whatever happened maybe in your life before, those are the things that we need to remove ourselves from. Because Satan loves to come and hang his hat on something. And he's going to come and say, hey, back then you did all this stuff, and boy, you're not able to shake that, are you? You know, you, you say you're a child of God, you know, you're not. And that's when we just have to rise up again. What does the word say? <laughs> We're, we are a new creation. We're new believers. And do we get challenged with some of these things? Maybe we do. But guess what? We have authority over that. <clears throat> there's, there's power. I mean, people be power hungry. There's... Uh, food things can, can create problems, uh, sexual addictions, all of the different things that, that are going on. Um, maybe, uh, in addition, maybe we've had issues in our own life, maybe disappointments, heartbreak, um, wounds and hurts and grief, maybe parental neglect, all the things that can happen in our life. These are things that stack up or can affect us. And, and God's just saying, okay, I've come to bring you from that place of that to this place of where I really have called you to be. You're, you're designed, you're his, his creation, you're designed to inherit the goodness of God. 
not the dumb things that the enemy keeps trying to throw in, in our path. And, and those aren't ours. Those, those are not for us to pick up and to take up and say, well, I guess this is part of who I am now. I have to accept it. We don't have to accept those things. I know we really want God to inter- we, we understand we really want God to do those things in our life. We're asking him to help us in those things. But so often, we don't have the strength on our own. We don't have the strength on our own to do these things. And we need to recognize that. So many times we try to do that. Therefore, what? We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need him to come, and we need to help us in so many ways. We don't understand sometimes that the enemy comes in, and he he can take captive somebody's life temporarily, because we talked about last week, when we have the Holy Spirit in us, the, we, the Holy Spirit and the, the darkness of the enemy cannot dwell together, okay? So Satan doesn't come and dwell with the Holy Spirit in us. That's the Holy Spirit that's there. But Satan does come and he throws darts and he attacks. He tries to get us from different ways. So understanding that the enemy can even come in and in some cases, take temporary custody. It's like if your vehicle was stolen out of your driveway. Somebody came in, unlawfully took something that didn't belong to them, took off in that vehicle. They don't don't have ownership of it, but they temporarily have control of that. They don't have ownership of it. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you or to somebody else. But that's where we usually will go, hey, I'm going after I want to get my vehicle back. I want to get my car back. I want to get my life back. We recognize the enemy has temporarily somehow been able to sort of hijack me a little bit here. And so we're saying, God, I I need you to come back, help me with get my life back in order where you have designed it to be. And so the enemy is an unrightful owner. He, He doesn't have ownership over you. You don't belong to him. Your mind doesn't belong to him, and it belongs to the Lord. And we need to say, Satan, my life does not belong to you. You have no ownership here. You have no residence here. You have no right to be here. You almost got away with something, but you didn't. Because the Holy Spirit is showing me something. That you're a loser. You're a liar. You have been defeated. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you something about the situation, and I'm going to do this in a way that I'm uh, protecting information, but I got called out this week. These are things that are happening around us, and I I want to just briefly talk about this because I I believe this is important for us to hear. I got called out this week to help a family. Suicide situation. Mid-30s family, great family, middle-class family in the community. By all reason, you would say this is, this is the people I want as neighbors. These are great people. It's a tough situation, especially this time of year. It is at any time. But I remember walking into the home and seeing everything decorated nice for Christmas. Every, not a thing looked out of place. Really great sayings on signs all over the home of just love and all of the things that you would want in your home, the values that you would have in your home. And 
everything indicated to me as somebody walking into this home that this home is a good home. Pictures of family all over and love everywhere. And I'm thinking, how could this gentleman in his mid-30s decide that his life wasn't worth living? There's an enemy out there that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And this precious mom with the little baby and, and kids suffering and hurting to think, this was not God's plan. This is not part of his design for us. But the enemy does such a good job of coming in and slowly doing something to get into our life to somehow get us to that place to believe somehow my life isn't worth what it's worth. And this world would be better off without me. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. These are your neighbors. These are people you sit with in church. This happens, I'm telling you, just because I know, as a, as a former police officer and now as a chaplain, this happens a lot. It happens way too much. Two Sundays ago, I got a call too. I wasn't able to go, another suicide call. This stuff doesn't make the news. Doesn't make, it, you guys don't know about it unless you're, you know, know the people or whatever. But we need to stand and take authority over the enemy, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of death, the whatever the things that are coming after families to try to tell them they are worthless. That's not God's heart. It's not his plan. And as Dave stood up here and said, who's going to raise their hand to evangelize? That's all of us. Because we all have that neighbor. We have that neighbor and we don't know. As time went on the other day and a couple neighbors came over, nobody, they, what? That's not who we know. There was no sign, except there were. You just had to dig a little bit. It's, it's humbling, but a privilege also for me as a pastor of this church and as now being appointed the lead chaplain for the city of Lacey and Lacey Police Department. It is humbling, but, but also a privilege to serve hurting people in our community. And I thank God for the opportunity, but it's also difficult, very difficult. But I believe it's important for us here today. Let's all take an inventory, reevaluate. Where are we? How's my family? How's my husband? How's my wife? How are my kids? How are my parents? How are my neighbors doing? Because this is not an isolated thing. And I think a lot of times for us, when we're going through a challenge, when my wife was going through the depression, you just want to sort of like close off and like, I don't want anybody to know because it would make me look like I'm not valuable or that I'm, I'm a loser or that I don't, that something's wrong with me. When in reality, that's just the enemy lying. He's a liar. He's a thief. And so we have to take back the territory the enemy has stolen. It's not his. It's not his. We're children of the king. We're children of the king. We've been called to be salt and light. We've been called to be salt and life. Light. Let's not 
I'm going to stand here and say, we refuse to allow the enemy to steal, kill, destroy, to deceive. We, we, have, to, we have to take a stand. We are not allowing the enemy to do any more of this stuff. It's not his place. He's, he's, he's on. If he comes in your territory, man, we need to recognize that. And you need to say, Pastor, this is going, my neighbor, this is what's going on. Please pray. Whatever's happening, because the enemy is trying harder and harder to do this to us. And if we recognize it for what it is, that it's the enemy, it's not us. It's not your fault in the sense of, I must be a bad person or I must be, you know, it's the enemy coming. So if we can recognize that and we can do something about it, we try within ourselves to do everything we can to, to fix it, whatever it is. I'll just fix it myself. But we can't. It's not just, this is not just a flesh issue. Right. Oh, it's just my flesh kind of. This is the influence of the evil one. And if you don't think he has the ability to come and try to do this, think again, because we see him do it all the time. But again, Understand, we have the power and authority over the enemy. We may be thinking it's us, but it's not us. We just have to make sure that we are taking authority over that tormenting spirit, that he goes back to where he came from. In the pit of hell, he does not belong. He doesn't belong. There are also areas, obviously, that we have personal responsibility in certain things because you know, that we can't just try to escape or hide from personal responsibility issues to blame everything on the devil. Oh, how come you stole that watch from the store? Oh, the devil made me do it. <laughs> well, that's easy to cast and blame. You can hear, you know, you can hear devil, devil pleading to God all the, you know, you can just hear this conversation off the side and Satan's like telling God, you know, why are all these people blaming me for things I'm not even doing? <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he wants the credit, but sometimes it's like, but sometimes by choices that we make, choices we make, we allow the enemy to come in and have maybe some control in areas that it, it, it's not, it's just making wrong choices. So we have to be careful in that, do a better job. But fear and doubt, and lies, those are some of the biggest factors that keep us from staying free because those things continue to penetrate our mind. There's fear, there's doubt, the lies of the enemy. Maybe the fear of getting a disease or a sickness because those are, re- those are real fears. We, we have people in our congregation that have those, those life-threatening diseases, sicknesses, and we're praying, continually praying for them. But we can see where fear or doubt comes in. Or we doubt that God can supply our needs. Listening to the lies of the enemy telling us that we can't make a difference because we were a loser here or we didn't do this or we are, you know, our life has no value because look at the mess I've made of my life. How could God want to use me? All lies of the enemy because he created us all in his image, right? He did. He created us. Every one of us is in, in his image. Last I looked, that's a pretty good image. 
He doesn't want anything to happen to his kids. Like after the worship team, if you'd come this time. But let's not allow Satan to steal what does not belong to him. And we do not belong to him. Your mind does not belong to him. Your life does not belong to him. Lord, I pray right now, we take authority over the tormenting spirit that comes to try to attack us. Lord, we recognize the schemes of the enemy, and it's important for us to understand those things, but God, we understand we're not to live in fear. It's a power of love and a sound mind. We, as we're in your word, as we're in your presence and you're renewing us, that our mind is renewed by the washing of the water of the word. Lord, place those around us, Lord, that were courageous, that would pray with us, that would be there to, to say, I'm, with, I, I'm standing with you. We're in this together. We are calling out the enemy that he's a defeated foe. Amen. We are victorious people, right? Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 